This is WOBC 91.5 FM, Oberlin College and Community Radio. You're listening to At the Apollo, uh, where we discuss films that are currently playing at the Apollo Theater in Oberlin, Ohio. I'm Leah Vonderheide. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Chu. Hi. Um, Hi, Michelle. (laughs) Um, So this week at the Apollo... Avengers Endgame oh, was yeah. playing. Have you heard of it? It's very, very exciting. <laughs> playing at both uh, in both theaters within the Apollo, took over. I think someone broke a door. Did you see that? I have seen it boarded up. Was yeah. it out of Avengers Frenzy well, or when I saw unrelated? Endgame, it was not broken. Oh, and since then it has been broken, and the only movie that's been showing there is Endgame. So, were you, were you there opening night? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. But it was completely packed when I was there. It was pretty pretty full when I was there as well. Yeah. And that was a couple of days after it opened. Yeah. 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 So, obviously, we're going to be talking about Endgame today. Um, before we do, we're going to discuss uh, Avengers Infinity War. Um, and I think we'll spoil it. Yeah, we have to. I, we won't, I guess, we won't spoil Endgame, but we will spoil Infinity War. Um, so Which you, people should know by now anyway. Yeah, yeah. it'd be odd. <laughs> if you're interested in this franchise at all. You have to know, yeah. Um, all right, so Avengers Infinity War was the 21st film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the first film of the two-part finale that ends with Avengers Endgame. Infinity War premiered one year ago in April 2018 and was not only the highest-grossing film of last year, but also had the highest-grossing opening weekend of any film ever. Until, of course, Endgame surpassed that record this past weekend. Infinity War opens in media res with a battle taking place on an intergalactic ship carrying uh, the Hulk, Thor, his brother Loki, and the surviving Asgardians from Thor's home planet. Uh, A big bad guy named Thanos (laughs) (laughs) played by Josh Brolin is endeavoring to obtain an infinity stone from Loki and by the end of the battle he's successful. Loki is dead and Thanos has the stone which is merely the first step in his ultimate plan to collect all six infinity stones and use them to destroy half of all living beings in the universe uh, serving his end game desire to achieve some sort of ill-conceived cosmic balance. Most of Infinity War is an extended series of action scenes and sequences, fights and battles that take place both on Earth and on various planets scattered across the cosmos. The key players include the main Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and Hulk, as well as Natasha Romanoff, who is also known as Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson, and of course many other Marvel superheroes such as Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Wong, Rhodey or War Machine, Black Panther, Vision, the Scarlet Witch, Falcon, uh, Bucky or Winter Soldier, Mantis, Nebula, Drax the Destroyer, Gamora, Groot, Rocket, and Peter Quill, or I guess also known as Star-Lord, played by Chris Pratt. It's a lot to keep track of. And coming into Infinity War, I had seen only five of the films in the MCU, including the first Iron Man from 2008 that uh, actually began the series, as well as Ant-Man from 2015, Thor Ragnarok from 2017, Black Panther from 2018, uh, and even though it came out after uh, Captain Marvel, which was released this past March, but I didn't watch Infinity, Infinity War until this last week. Um, So for me, Captain Marvel was a genuine precursor to the events that unfolded in the first half of the Mm -hmm. finale. 
All of this is to point out that I have never seen any of the actual Avengers films, or I had not, uh, nor had I seen or have I still seen any of the fairly integral Captain America films. Yet, I will say I was able to follow along with the plot of Infinity War and even appreciated the interactions between characters such as, uh, say, Thor and Peter Quill, which are very humorous in Infinity War, or, and this is even more significant, Iron Man and Captain America, a relationship that I'm, I glean essentially anchors the entire series. Um, Michelle, so before we talk about, I guess, this first film, were you keeping up with your MCU uh, homework had you seen previous Avengers films and did you see Infinity War when it came out or were you like me and wait to the very last moment <laughs> <laughs> to see it um I I mean I'm a big fan of the universe I have seen most of the like origin films I haven't seen all of the Iron Mans there's like four of them I, don't I know. think only three I think okay. they all max out at three okay because yeah. I, I I didn't keep up with Iron Man after the first one um I love Guardians of the Galaxy I love all the Thors I I love the first Avengers but I didn't see the second one which is called Age of Ultron mm. and I don't even know what I really missed because I because I also got into Infinity War and it was fine um I did see Infinity War when it came out because it's like a thing for my family to go see them together. Because mm-hmm. my dad's a big Marvel nerd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember it being a huge deal. It came out only, you know, two months after uh, Black Panther last year. And yeah, so there crazy. was... Um, even then, I kind of thought, oh, am I supposed to be seeing these? Um, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I think Black Panther really extended the universe, though, to people who, like, may not be into them. Yeah, That's I mean, cool. for me... When Taika Waititi directed Thor Ragnarok and then Ryan Coogler directed Black Panther, there was definitely more, I had way more interest suddenly. Like this, suddenly it seemed like there are interesting things happening in this series that's not just about like rich white dudes, which was essentially the Iron Man franchise, which is, is still a very like interesting character. Um, I don't think I, well, there wasn't a finite plan when the first uh, Iron Man came out in 2008 to do all 22, um, mm-hmm. in my understanding. The plan developed pretty quickly thereafter, but um, I just remember Iron Man coming out and thinking it was a way for, um, uh, what is his name? Robert Downey Jr. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. to like prove that he no longer had a cocaine addiction. Like yeah. that was like kind of the whole. To me, I just thought like, oh wow, he was really He's doing cleaned up. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then it turned into a 22-film series that he essentially anchors. Yeah. I remember people saying that to me as well, and I was really young when it came out. And they were like, he used to have a real problem. And I was like, okay. And he had kind of dropped out of all good society. I mean, he almost all but disappeared and was kind of a joke in Hollywood. And then had this, uh, that was kind of the first come back and I love the first Iron Man and then it became the Marvel Cinematic Universe I mean it's kind of a wild 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 story and I mean Gwyneth Paltrow stopped making movies in the interim like she pretty much was like no thank you but had to kind of feel feel her way out through the end of this yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so I I don't know the answer to this question but is it strange to bring all of these characters together uh, when their individual films operate on such different scales. So from U.S. cities to the entire planet of Earth to the galaxy and beyond and in such different tones where you have something like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok, which are very comedic. Um, but then you have Black Panther, which is overt in its politics, and Captain America. 
again, I haven't seen any of his individual films, but he strikes me as a bit self-serious. Um, did it work for you to have them all together in the same film? For Not the first time, obviously, but so many characters are in Infinity War. Yeah, I think it was like, even having seen most of them where they started, it was overwhelming to me. Um, I also feel like Captain America is self-serious. I, <laughs> I have seen a lot. Of, like, It's funny because I, I didn't see the first one, but I saw the sequel first. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are just less interesting to me. And I think people enjoy the like fight scenes are really well choreographed and it's like really pretty and it's very nostalgic, but like I sort of gravitate more towards the like funny, um, like the Thor, Thor Ragnarok. Also there's other Thors that are more self-serious as well. Um, and then guardians of the galaxy is really funny and I like those more. Um, and I think it's just funny the way they contrast them. Cause obviously like captain America is sort of like a narc and everyone else is like, trying to introduce them to each everyone's trying to tell everyone about their worlds Mm -hmm. because they experience things so differently but um yeah i think that's a big part of the humor of it but it starts to get a little complicated when they allude to each other's histories which they don't do too much in infinity war what do you mean it gets complicated like if you have to have an understanding of what has previously happened with all of these villains because Mm -hmm. like Thor has a history, I mean, not Thor, Thanos has a history before Infinity War and, like, people before him who have died, and it's not super relevant, but, um, like, at the end of all of their individual movies, like, after the credits, mm-hmm. they would have, like, mini scenes that would, like, allude to Avengers. So, like, at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, there was, like, a hint that they would all come together, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god. And, like, tying those together, it was overwhelming for me, but... It still stands on its own, I think. Yeah, those post-credit sequences um, really became a cultural phenomenon. When I saw Captain Marvel, <laughs> the people in the theater just united. Like there was because there's two different um, end credit uh, end clips. One halfway through the credits and one at the very end of the credits oh and so the whole the- theater was like <laughs> someone went to get up and they were like no don't leave. <laughs> and it yeah. was cute and he sat down like yeah. he waited it out um and was like thank you you know i mean it was like a very community kind of minded That's thing cool. like we're all here to do this yeah. like you gotta um, pay attention and yeah. then going into Endgame, um which obviously we'll talk more about but there was the sign outside the door that just said for our patrons like for your interest like there is no end credit sequence so, so that people wouldn't just be That's like waiting sad. and yeah. like weeping i guess yeah. it, but it did put it really did make it feel um feel finite um the thor I'm, i've never seen the first two thors but as you mentioned those are a little more serious mm-hmm. and that's been i think talked about a fair amount that there there's a huge pivot with ragnarok and with what ytt so decided to do to yeah. really reinvigorate that character whose first two films um at least from what I've read, were just kind of the least well-received generally. Like, the character just wasn't working. Yeah. And then to see him not only have this turn in Ragnarok, but then also become a major player just in terms of character development across Infinity War and Endgame is an oh, interesting yeah. I was development really for Mr. That. Hemsworth. <laughs> I know. Because I, I didn't want to care about him, but I did. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, so Infinity War ends tragically. As we said, we are spoiling this, and this is fairly well known even if you saw the trailers for Endgame. Um, Thanos has successfully deleted half of all, I'm going to say intelligent life. I don't, they never fully clarify 
I think birds like uh, like animals as well. So just any animal. Well, because there's this. Oh, I can't. Well, okay. well, because of like there's a. I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. There's a scene where you see birds, and it yeah. seems like that's a thing. Yeah. But the thing about that that's so weird is that he's doing it so that everyone can have enough resources. I know. And so I don't know. Like, does, so plant life can't possibly. You're I, right. Like he Maybe. kind of. Yeah, he ends. Maybe intelligent life is right. He doesn't specify, though. <laughs> right, they never specify. And they can't say, like, humans, because half of yeah. these beings are alien. Yeah, and also the logic of the, like, I don't even know what to call that um, mechanism. The, the, like, armor that has all the stones in it. Yeah, the power glove. The, 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 sna- <laughs> the Nintendo the power glove. glove that he assembled. I don't know what the logistics of that are. Like, how you're like, I will this. And then you, I don't know, I guess it's just, like, in your mind you have control well some people are calling it the snapshot yeah. yeah like he just he's able to bend all well the infinity stones stand for like space time reality soul uh etc and yeah. so yeah i think once you have them all you, you can, can just will you anything you need That's into cool. <laughs> existence yeah. yeah um yeah so we don't really know he but essentially ha- half of everyone whoever that is is gone uh in across the entire universe um, and then the film ends yeah. in Infinity War. So was that a really smart way to end the first half of the finale? Was it risky? Was it daring? Was it predictable? Uh, I, I, I thought it, that it was risky and predictable, if that, if that makes sense, because I was like, um, I mean, it's like obviously very emotionally impactful if you have any sort of attachment to the people who died because mm-hmm. they have this montage mm-hmm. and you're like, who's next? Because you have no idea who's going to die because mm-hmm. there's no like Thanos isn't like picking who he kills. It's mm-hmm. just like arbitrarily half. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really sad. But I also was like, I think sort of the issue that r- arises with Endgame is everyone's like, OK, like what now? And it's. For me, I wasn't like on the edge of my seat. I was just like, Ugh. I was. Just, I mean, it just made me sad. But um, and I also like didn't think that I could see a foreseeable future for what they would do next. Oh, what, really? What did you think? Well, it's hard for me because I didn't see it until the week before yeah. I was seeing Endgame, and so it. By that point, I had seen the trailers for Endgame, yeah. and it just seemed sort of like. Okay, the you know half of them are disappearing, but the film has to end, and yeah. so it seemed like there's going to be some sort of recovery effort, whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. Um, and I just wasn't. It was easier for me because I didn't have to live with it for a year. Yeah, like it, I just I knew that I was going to be able to find out what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, <clears throat> so here's a random question: This film has three of the big Chris's. <laughs> so funny. Uh, we've got Chris Hemsworth as Thor, as we've mentioned. We have Chris Pratt as Peter Quill um, from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And we have uh, Chris Evans as Captain America. Do you have a favorite, Chris? I, well, this is a... And do you, we can consider Chris Pine if you want, since he is no, anchoring Wonder Woman I in the other comic book universe. So don't worry, all of the Chris's <laughs> are accounted God. for in the superhero world. I don't like Chris Pine. He's not interesting to me whatsoever. Uh-huh. Um, sorry. I, like, <laughs> I just, like, did, wasn't compelled by him in Wonder Woman. I think we already talked about that. Well, we had, we had lots of problems with yeah. Wonder Woman, generally. But, um... Here's the issue is that I would say Chris Pratt 
but there's this controversy about him like being anti-LGBTQ because he like goes to this church that's like very anti-gay. Isn't that interesting? What? I had not heard this. But I want to do some more research because I think that he like was like, I don't actually hold those standards myself, but it he's my favorite after I do some more research. And you like him specifically in Guardians of the Galaxy as that role? And Parks and Rec. And Parks and Rec. Like so it's it. like the full kind of extra textual and yeah, intro textual. Captain America for me is boring. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I get how he fits into the universe and I get like why he, like why he had comics and why he has films and why people like him but I have a hard time like being interested in what he says and also like Chris Evans is not super compelling to me what yeah do you, who's your favorite Chris I'm I think I'm gonna go with uh, simply because I haven't seen the Garden Guardians of the Galaxy I'm gonna go with Chris Hemsworth yeah. because again it was kind of Thor Ragnarok that got me yeah even remotely really interested yeah. and it's he's very funny and um I like that he's been able to like become an actor. Now it's kind of curious to see what he'll, well he's going to be in Men in Black. Oh yeah. With Tessa Thompson, which is interesting because they are together already yeah. in well in um Yeah, yeah, in um in Thor. Endgame. Yes. Right? Yeah. Am I like confusing this? Isn't it? Yes, and an Endgame. Right, exactly. Yes, yeah, yeah, like yes, they are yeah, like yeah. Not just making another movie yes. together. In my mind, they're oh, all totally part of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, it, but the the way that he uh, and Chris Pratt were able to play off of each other in Infinity War was particularly, I think, brought out the best of their comedic yeah. chops in both of them. I also just straight up have face blindness for uh, Chris Evans. I can't recognize him ever. Like I watched both of these movies this week and every time he entered, I would be like, oh, who is that? <laughs> like, people were like, he generic. is yeah, Captain America. Yeah. He's been in the whole movie so far. And I'd be like, really? That's the same <laughs> guy? <laughs> he also doesn't like, do, he doesn't do much distinct. He doesn't do a lot of distinct things in general. No. He just kind of like looks around and reacts to stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like as a superhero and as just a, pr- a person on screen, I he doesn't yeah. do much of anything. He's a very normal looking person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Besides the like, they make a joke about his butt in Endgame, which is funny. Yeah. They finally started to give him some comedic work. Yeah. I would have a... I mean, in 2008, as Iron Man is launching, it really is the counterpoint to all of the Batman work that Christopher Nolan had been yeah. doing in the in um, the early 2000s. And, th- I mean, talk about self-serious. It was just a whole new way of thinking about superheroes for Batman. I mean, they had been so much campier before Nolan, and so once you got those that trilogy out, it seemed like everything had to be dark and gritty... Totally. And then over the course of the MCU, you you that then evolved back into a more comedic, campier, more kind of fun. So we've kind of had to just Work let time back. like evolve. Yeah, I really I think you're right, and I I hadn't really thought about how Iron Man really like set the tone for what Marvel was successful in doing mm-hmm. because I think that they like were trying to do this like dark, self-serious, like, societal thing in Thor, Mm -hmm. in the original Thors, Mm -hmm. and it just, like, kind of wasn't working. And then they had to, like, sort of go back to the model that was working in Iron Man and then make it, like, kind of more absurd. Mm Because I think Guardians of the Galaxy is, like, 
is ridiculous in a lot of ways that mm-hmm. like Infinity War and Endgame are where they're just like making really weird jokes and and like in um Captain Marvel when the alien's drinking a milkshake. <laughs> like that's something that there's also I the Ant Man franchise that yeah. was able then to come in and just be, you know, very yeah. Paul Ruddy and Yeah. You know, just really light, light, light. Oh yeah, people really like that movie too. I love him. Yeah, he's yeah. super endearing. He's really endearing. Yeah. Uh, and he was not in Infinity War. Yeah. Which gets explained when he shows up in, in Endgame again. Are we ready to pivot to Endgame, or uh, or do we need to talk more about the... uh, I'll also just say, when I was watching Infinity War, there's so many more action sequences in Infinity War than in Endgame, and I was watching it on just a TV screen, so I was actively thinking I probably should have seen this on the big screen, because it's it's so dependent on those action sequences, more so even, um, I would argue, than Endgame. Much more so. Um, so before we before we talk about the grand finale, um, I just want to remind you, you're listening to WOBC 91.5 FM. This is Oberlin College and Community Radio. Um, a few upcoming events on uh, Wednesday, May 1st through May 11th, if I'm reading this correctly, there is the monthly... Uh, meeting uh, of Citizens Climate Lobby at 1 p.m. in the Oberlin uh, Public Library in the Craft Room, presented by John uh, Sabin. Um, I'm not totally sure what... Or I think that must be on Wednesday, May 1st. That must be today. Um, so yeah, the monthly meeting, Citizens Climate Lobby, 1 p.m. in the Oberlin Public Library. Um, so that's pretty much right after the show. Cool. Hurry on over. Um, again, it's WOBC 91.5 FM, Oberlin College and Community Radio. This is at the Apollo. Michelle and I are discussing uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which came to an end. But not really. Not we really can talk not, about that, too, not, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this past weekend with Avengers Endgame. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. In addition to, I think, someone breaking the door, I left I left the theater after the three hours and five minutes or whatever, and there was a giant mob of people waiting to go see Endgame, and they were all like, everyone, you could, they know. They know what happened. Mm-hmm. They know who died, blah, blah, blah. And it was really sweet. Aww. And it was interesting because, like, people were wearing a lot of Marvel apparel. And then I went out into the parking lot, and people were going bonkers. And this person was, like, trying to pull into a parking space, and they, like, hit a, another parked car. And I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> it went from sweet to people are just utter desperate. chaos yeah, to get into the like, theater. Wait, so what day were you watching it? <sighs> what day did I go? Saturday. So it was like Saturday night kind I, of Yeah, thing. I went to sat- the Saturday afternoon showing, so mine got out around 6.30 or something. And did you go into the, did you watch it on the big, big screen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were you in the screening room? No, no, no. Okay. I I consciously went. Yes. To, that would have been a missed opportunity, yeah, I felt. Would. Yeah, um, So, yeah. And I watched it on Sunday evening. Okay. It wasn't, oh, well. like, sold out, but it was pretty, pretty full. Oh, so that must theater. have gone late until the night. 7 mm. to 10. Okay. That's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. I think that say I when I, I watched the Captain America sequel in theaters, and I really appreciated the fight scenes, which isn't something that I'm usually like, wow, I'm impressed by that. But at, at a certain point, it's like 
because of, I've also been thinking a lot about Game of Thrones, sort of, and this is like fandoms that are based off of like these action sequences and um people have been saying their qualms with game of thrones is they can't they couldn't see a lot of the action and i think something that marvel does really well is the fight scenes are really visible and they're well they're like dances like you see how much work they put into them as opposed to like clouding them in shadow and blur and masses of people oh that's good to know i have a a weird thing going on with game of thrones right now so i guess don't spoil anything for me because um oh my gosh i can't what's happening with you in game of thrones (laughs) i'm really curious um well so the the premiere of the final season was i think two three weeks ago and it was that same day that i decided ill-advisedly to watch the entire series which i've never watched before and try to catch up to the final final film I'm I'm almost done with the third season. This is a really strange investment of my time, I will say. That it's a lot of time those episodes Especially for are a series long. I don't love. Like the, I made a conscious decision not to watch it when it first came out and because uh, I just didn't care for the first episode and I, I was like hard pass. I don't need to invest time yeah. in this and now I'm investing time in it in the weirdest possible way. Well, it's it evolves. I think in the beginning of it it's like much less digestible. It's just like why am I doing this to my eyes? <laughs> um, but okay, very quickly, what's happening right now in Game of Thrones? In in, in my your, in yeah, my timeline? In timeline, we're in multiple timelines. Yeah, this is so this apropos. Is so awesome. <laughs> but it's, it's really similar to the yeah. Um, so I am in season almost at the end of season three. Uh, Jon Snow is you know with the wild wildlings. Mm. Um, uh, wow. The the Hound has just picked up Aerie. Is that her name? I'm really bad Aria? at that. Arya. Arya. That's the youngest. Yes, the little girl. Yes. Yeah, or the yeah. youngest daughter, I guess. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, yeah, he's just picked up Arya. Oh, I love um, her. Rob just made a baby with his wife that he wasn't supposed yeah. to, to marry. Um, oh, wow. Let's see. Uh, oh, oh um, Sansa? Yeah. Just married uh, Tyrion? Tyrion, yes. Tyrion? Peter Dinklage. Yes. Yes. Peter Dinklage. Whoa. It's blowing your mind. This is, this is so, so awesome. This has been like a. I feel like it is spring. Like I feel like I'm in college again because I've made such weird decisions recently. Where I'm like <laughs> watching. Like I know I'm like watching suddenly these Avengers movies and being like yeah. I gotta catch up. Like so I can partake in this finale it's phenomenon. Funny, right? And now I'm doing and I'm doing the same thing essentially with Game of Thrones. So I'm like gotta catch up. Gotta just like watch that TV. Yeah. <laughs> partake in popular culture. <laughs> There, yeah, there's this, like, meme of someone, like, slipping and also, like, hit something hitting them in the face as they're falling. And it's, like, me, and it says Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones. <laughs> which is definitely how I feel. Because there's just, like, so much... Do you, so do you know any spoilers of Game of Thrones for the recent season? No, I'm okay. I'm I'm also now reading That's the awesome. internet in a really weird way because I keep... It's a You're, minefield. It's That's what happened when I was watching The Sopranos. <laughs> I never it's, watched The Sopranos. Okay, well, <laughs> I let that one go. Well, I mean, I don't know. If there, there aren't that many direct spoilers. Um, but yeah, I was also, like, browsing the internet when you're watching a series that everyone's already, already watched is scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, be careful. People are spoiling things like crazy about Game of Thrones, but people are being really respectful about 
Endgame. Well, they're being respectful about trying not to spoil it, but I have heard I've heard stories of like people tweeting right after they saw it over the weekend, yeah. and and Twitter like turning on them and being like, <laughs> "How dare you?" Yeah, it's a very serious matter. It's <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, people are really yeah people are really excited, but I know a lot of people who just do not get it, and I'm like. You you would I think I think there's like especially with the Marvel universe everyone has like um, a movie that they would gravitate towards that would like pull them into Avengers. I'm glad that I saw so in the end I'll have seen seven of the twenty two mm-hmm. and I think maybe oh it would have helped to have seen a Captain America or yeah. maybe an Avengers. Yeah. Um, uh, and I probably would have enjoyed maybe a Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm I'm okay with the the seven. That I think feels you like check out Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the first Avengers, but that's it. Okay, yeah, all right. The first Avengers, I think. I mean, I probably won't because now it's over and I've I already know. seen the. <laughs> I know. I should. We should have made it be it. the first Avengers is the one that we talked about in comparison. But it would have been weird not to watch Infinity I War. Know. Although, I, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, well, I mean, we've been. We're already talking about it, but you guys know Avengers Endgame <laughs> is the culmination of everything. There's so many emotional arcs that we've already gone through with all these superheroes, and uh, I had. I knew that there was going to be a recovery, like you said, after half of everyone died, but I had no idea what it was going to look like, and I also didn't know what the, like, tone of this movie was going to be like, because mm-hmm. Infinity War is, like, you know, suspenseful, sad, dramatic, but also is very humorous, like um, other Marvel movies. Um, but just your Endgame is blowing up the box office. I don't know how it's, how much it's made by now, but it's 1.2 billion after five days. Oh, I thought it was well over 2 billion, is it not? Oh, just in five days it's okay. 1.2. But I, it just keeps, I don't even know how to keep track of it. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of difficult to talk about this film without spoiling too much. Um, but I, it's like, I'm not going to spoil that either. I wrote something in here that I'm not going to say. <laughs> Anyways, I am a big fan of the Marvel Universe. I haven't seen all of them. I don't know what my count is. But um, this film was a little difficult for me to get on board with because after all this time, the movie seemed to really rely on the sentimentality of the audience in reference to past films to carry the action of like the first half or like three-fourths of the film. Um, everyone on the internet is freaking out saying that the film was epic in every way. It has a 95 on Rotten Tomatoes, a 9 out of 10 on IMDb. Although I found, like, a lot of moments entertaining and funny and heartbreaking, the opening scene I really liked, um, with Hawkeye. Um, I was left a little disappointed by the film. Maybe because this is the end of all things. Um, what was your reaction to it? Especially since you just watched Infinity War. Um, so it's definitely a movie that does a lot of fan service, which even as someone who hasn't seen a lot of the previous movies that it makes direct reference to, I guess, um, I guess, yeah, we're trying not to spoil too much, but it, it really, it'll alludes to revisits in a sense, uh, previous films and it's pretty it was obvious to me that that's what it was doing. Yeah. Um, even though I hadn't, I wasn't as familiar with that, those texts, um, I could appreciate the fact that they were doing it. And I appreciated being in a big theater with a lot of people who had a lot of affection for those movies and those characters who, you know, audibly were ooing and aahing and being like, oh, or laughing at stuff. And um, uh, the film, I will say, still 
still made a fair amount of sense to me. I think clearly I would have appreciated it more if I understood certain nuances or certain jokes or certain callback characters. Um, But it still actually was an enjoyable piece of film for me, especially because um, almost the first half of the film, you know, I mentioned this with Infinity War, but where Infinity War is so many action sequences. Yeah. Endgame really takes its time. And for me, that's more fun. Like, action sequences yeah. can only... They have to be pretty inventive for me to be interested. And um, and so the fact that at least the first half of the film didn't rely on, you know, very yeah. long sequences or very involved sequences and was actually more about plot and you know, this kind of mentality of we're getting the gang back together Mm. um, and we're trying to problem solve and we're trying to figure out how this is all going to work and we're going to try and figure out what we all mean to each other. I I enjoyed that, even without knowing the characters all that well. I think maybe that is why it, like, bugged me, but maybe not rightfully so, is that it's it's like they take their time more than they ever have Mm -hmm. and they like let time pass which is Mm -hmm. not something that like the Avengers do you know like there's always been a sense of urgency like if we don't do this like this is gonna happen Mm -hmm. and I think in the first half of the film they were like there's really nothing that we can do besides like accept what has happened until they don't yeah and even then it's not a matter of urgency at that moment because again the worst has happened so they're kind of just hanging out and eating chinese food and or tacos or yeah and just trying to figure out if they if if they can make a difference and if it's worth it and who is it worth it for and uh you know i liked that well and it's interesting also because like black widow who's scarlett johansson emerges as sort of a leader Mm -hmm. position which i wasn't expecting at all Mm -hmm. like i and i also have trouble with her character because i feel like she's kind of flat Mm -hmm. what did you make of her in this film so the last time i saw her well, other than Infinity War. Infinity War is, like, quickly blurring together for yeah, me. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, but was, I think, in the original Iron Man, right? She's a secretary? What does she do there? I mean, she's in it. I just remember her mostly in it, in the first Avengers, because she's, like, the sexy one, and everyone's trying to um, elicit her help. But she's... Yeah, I think, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen the first Iron Man since it came out. Um <laughs> unless I'm misremembering this, she's just like a sexy secretary. Um, and I remember thinking like her, she and Gwyneth Paltrow are both in just really like tight, but somewhat work appropriate work <laughs> dresses and, um, high heels. And, uh, uh, there's lots of profile shots of their figures. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just sort of, I mean, it was 2008. <laughs> Have we learned from then? I don't know. Uh, I <laughs> Things are a so. little bit better. Kind of. Now she can, um, have pink highlights in her hair, and <laughs> well, and there's also this moment, and it was funny because I was in the theater with someone who was like making commentary the whole time, which is not something that I do. But there was one point where um, all the women, there's like, mm-hmm. when I, there's this point where all the women like gather in a clique group, and they like. To, like fight evil together. Somehow they segregate themselves. 
<laughs> into the, like the women's group. And the person that I was with was like, oh, yay, now the ladies superheroes can fight. And it really did. It felt weird and forced, mm-hmm. I, I felt. What, how, what did you think about that? So I thought a lot about that scene because it felt incredibly forced and uh, incredibly pandering. Uh, watching it and it just I felt like I could see all the men in the writer's room like really patting themselves on the back as I was watching that slow pan of of women (laughs) and it made me kind of angry and just yeah not excited however (laughs) after I saw the movie and was reading more interviews and this that and the other this past couple days um, I did read an interview with the screenwriter where they were asked that direct like oh Mm. you have this like image of these women and they're all gathering together and supporting each other like in battle um and he was like yeah we we really went back and forth on that like we basically wondered is this a moment of empowerment or will this feel super pandering and weird and he was like ultimately we just were really excited that we had all of these like that over the years we did finally start to explore some of these women characters and that having them together felt more celebratory than not and Mm. we should just go for it and like the reasons not to do it were not outweighing the reasons to just like yeah go for it and do it and put it on screen so one that made me feel better because at least it wasn't some guy being like yeah isn't that great and aren't i a genius for inventing women um (laughs) and two i do think kind of the way that we talked about captain marvel where these kind of clumsy attempts at female empowerment which end up feeling like nike ads um on one level, yeah, it's kind of gross and pandering. On another level, if I was a kid yeah. and I was like m- my I nine-year-old self and I really loved the MCU and I re- you do actually start to get, as Hollywood wakes up just a tiny bit, some more uh, women superheroes and you get to see that moment of the women coming together on the battlefield and women supporting women in a very straightforward way, um, then that's cool. Like yeah. Then that would make you make me my younger self excited so i don't know i i yeah i but my first instinct was like no thank you yeah me too (laughs) i roll my eyes and i was like great (laughs) one everyone in the theater was like um i don't think anyone thought that was impactful it was not the most successful execution of an idea but i agree if i were younger but if i were younger i wouldn't see that because there's there's some dark moments um now I'm just, oh, there are all these flashes of the most violent moments in the Avengers series. But, you know, they really, I'm just thinking also that Captain Marvel, like, really isn't present in the movie at all. Mm-mm. And I guess that's just, like, because they couldn't afford to do that because her film just came out. It also doesn't make a lot of narrative sense. Yeah. She's essentially, I mean, they did, I would imagine, start to run into an issue of just the logic of how powerful some of these characters are. There's no reason why Thanos would be more powerful than her um, without the stones. So, and I I guess I won't get into the full mechanics of the movie, but she is at one point fighting him and he doesn't have all of the stones at at that moment in time. And uh, it doesn't make any sense. Like, she should easily, easily be able to overpower him. That's another issue, though, is, like, I don't ever understand the logistics of, like, how um, invincible people are. Because mm-hmm. in my understanding, if you were to, like, try to stab Captain Marvel, it wouldn't work. Like, she, she sort of has, like, a, a Superman thing going on with her body. I don't know how, how Superman works, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I would agree that she is... 
she's just way too powerful yeah. like she the, yeah. what she can do in space and uh with the fact that she has nuclear energy flowing through her veins would mean that she's fine it's no contest so they kind of have to keep her out of the action and even when they do bring her back it's a little questionable why yeah. it would be a, a, an actual match but um yeah. yeah yeah and with thanos too i think like that was confusing to what degree he's vulnerable at all because he's he's just like i couldn't decide if he's like just a really strong guy or if he inherently has some sort of powers that prevent him from being harmed as well he's just so wrinkly yeah, I didn't know either. Like, he's obviously very big and very strong, but it didn't seem to me that he had... Yeah. Without these kind of stones that he could... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious more about Captain America, even though I think he's the most... Uh, the least compelling person. Um, so he is a huge focus. He... I, like, really... This movie, like, Endgame, without spoiling anything, like frames him as the focus as like the most righteous character do you agree with that i so this is speaking from just things i've heard about the series and just from then these last couple films that i've seen um it does seem like the big story arcs of this 22 film series are about iron man and captain america and and then ultimately, it becomes a lot about Thor, but not in the same way. Um, but it's the two of them who kind of start everything off and who have who are, on a very, very basic le- level, <clears throat> different. Because yeah. one is very self-serving uh, and doesn't know how to be selfless. And one is very selfless and does not know how to take care of his needs, right? So yeah. it's kind of like uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, has to learn to be more like Captain America. And Captain America has to learn to be a little bit more like... Uh, what's, I don't even know what his name is. Rogers? Steve Rogers. Steve, Steve Rogers. Um, <laughs> has to learn to be a little bit more like Tony Stark to bring, you know, if the film's all about what real balance looks like. And so you follow those arcs um, kind of through the this this two-part finale, I mm-hmm. would say, to see then what happens. And, and that's, you know. Yeah. But how, like, how do we, and I don't have an answer for this, and I kind of hate this question, but how do we read Captain America as, like, a symbol of patriotism, and then, like, what is Tony Stark in contrast? Well, one is serving, I guess it's, I mean, the the thing about, for me, coming in so late to this, is by the time we're at Infinity War, Captain America's not actually serving patriotism or his country. He's, like, trying to save the universe, so I don't have to deal too much with the ideology (laughs) from which he comes. Um, But, uh, right, Tony Stark is the ultimate kind of capitalist entrepreneur, um, and that's like the one anchor of American ideology, like free market and uh, business ingenuity. Yeah. Um, kind of, yeah, allowed to flourish will bring out the best in us, quote unquote. And then Captain America I, is it like a product of the army um, and that kind of um, devout um, uh, loyalty to one's um, to the ideas of one's democracy is then kind of upheld in his character, mm-hmm. and I I'm assuming the MCU wants to investigate those ideologies just a little bit, like yeah. oh a little bit of unchecked 
like <laughs> free market isn't great and a little bit of unchecked um but you know militarization is 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 not too great but ultimately i mean these are movies that pulled yeah. all, all of the <laughs> all of the individualistic and exceptionalism in their ideology yeah do you know that what's that i mean i don't know the exact order of things but in the first avengers i think steve rogers says to um tony stark he says well without the suit what are you Mm -hmm. and tony stark goes genius millionaire playboy philanthropist and everyone loves that because i think that he sort of emerged as the favorite because he like is so irreverent and like just doesn't care about anything and there there's this tweet that's like um, I walked out of Endgame in the middle of it because if Tony Stark doesn't take it seriously, why should I? <laughs> Which is just silly because everyone just loves his attitude. <laughs> um, but yeah. It's so dangerous. I mean, it's like when you think about Tony Stark coming out in OA as, ge- as quote unquote genius, millionaire, playboy, philanthropist, it's like. I mean, this is an overstatement, but it's kind of like Obama gets elected and the prototype of Trump is like already at work in the cinematic universe to prepare us. And like Elon Musk. Yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, I love him, though. Um, I'm curious about... Well, I I miss Loki. He died so early. Yeah, they dispense with him quickly. He's great though. Like he's also integral to like a lot of dynamics in the series. And the and you remember in um, Ragnarok, he was so funny. I think. Yeah, yeah. It was a shame to see him go, given that like so much of my investment in the series does come from Thor Ragnarok. Um, yeah, and he's a he's a, a great character in that. Um, but he kind of he's also kind of set up to like have to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's evil. Yeah, he's just at the end of the day, he's always making bad choices. He is. He's dastardly. <laughs> even even in his in his final scene, which is the very first scene of um, Endgame, which is why I think it's or no Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know they're all meshing together. For yeah, me. um, I'm I'm curious about what you think of Thanos' set of beliefs because he sort of has like he's a great as many villains are a great monologuer. He's like he's like very. Uh, poignant and precise and he's so scary I just like hate the way that he looks um so he's gonna he deletes half of the universe and then in Endgame at some point he states that the whole world this is not a part of his ideology as much but the whole world should be eliminated in order to foster a new society that has no memory of the faults of the past universe Mm -hmm. um there's this article in forbes about his ideologies and how they relate to who is it thomas malthus's um like ideas about overpopulation that were introduced Mm -hmm. and um i don't know why i have this quote but he says it's this is Thanos, not Thomas Malthus. <laughs> it's simple calculus. The universe is finite. It's its resources finite. If life is left unchecked, life will cease to exist. In other, in another scene, he complains: too many mouths, not enough to go around. Um, but there's also a fandom that is um, there's like a Reddit thread and a community of fans that claim that Thanos did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And then he, he like did this in the name of sustainability, and like what? So what? What did you think about that when you originally? Because he does 
like well he does do it in the in the name of sustainability right yeah. that's what he said like he does it for for the civilization quote-unquote to flourish yeah um which is why the muddiness of exactly what he's eliminating is bothers me because yeah. i like I like a villain whose ideologies do take you to the brink of your own kind of humanity and sanity. So um, I don't support genocide. So flat out, I don't support (laughs) Thanos. (laughs) But but this idea of like what creates a sustainable um, planet or universe or et cetera is a conversation obviously worth having. Like, how do we do that? Genocide's not the answer obviously but i don't understand even in his own logic if his logic is sustainability if he's eliminating more than just intelligent beings if he's eliminating actual resources that are living i don't i don't get that anyway that's a side note um where was i going with this oh the i i did find it interesting there's some it wasn't clear to me (laughs) When the Avengers decide he's eliminated half of, let's say, all intelligent beings, mm-hmm. we want to get them back. There wasn't actually a lot of discussion on a philosophical level of what it meant to bring them back. Yeah. Which I would have loved more of that because I just think those are those are the more interesting questions. Like, what do you mean bring them back? Are they, like, one, just some logistics. Are they the same age as when they disappeared? Are they old? You know, have they advanced in time the way that other people have? Um, what is the end game? And what is the end game of bringing them back, right? Like, is it just because you miss them and you miss the few people who are gone? Yeah. Or you just think, like, and also, what about people who would have died in the interim? Like, what about i mean there are some conversations about that they have about like we can only bring back the people who were part of this you know snatcher we can't bring back people who died other ways and so then but they don't actually explain like well then what's the ethics like if people are gone what does it mean to bring like why bring them back yeah so i mean what, what was the sense that you got because they were like really emphatic about that I don't know. I don't think the movie answers that. Just that, like, they shouldn't have been eliminated, therefore they should be brought back. Well, but, like, what is the state of the world when we enter and half of them are gone? Well, things aren't great, right? Because it was such an arbitrary... That's the other thing they don't fully explore. We know that things aren't going well because of the chaos that ensued of losing... Let's just, like, leave it to Earth because I don't... You know, apparently similar things are happening on other planets, according to Captain Marvel. But, um, But, yeah, so because of the chaos and because of the arbitrariness of which, like, the half of the population disappeared, like, we don't know if there was, like disparity among ages of them disappearing disparity among gender like they don't get into that race like class um but presumably there's this issue of like the governments aren't functioning pr- properly and which seems really interesting to me i don't know yeah I, w- I would have loved to have known more about like what actually happened and then what is actually going to happen when they all come back? Are they going to be able to handle And society them? has been trying for many years to move, like readjust and rebuild itself without them. For like six or just five years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, but it's still a question. Yeah. And it's, it's strange because 
I, I think they like visually frame it like an apocalypse movie. Like mm-hmm. in some points, <laughs> like they're someone's r- riding their bike down the street, and we see like abandoned cars and like mm-hmm. trash is everywhere, mm-hmm. and and it seems like society has like fallen to the wayside and no one's taking care of anything. Mm-hmm. But I don't really quite understand the mechanics of that. And then, like, but, and yet, there's, like, an organized storage unit company. And there's also, <laughs> like, a support group led by Captain America in which he, like, talks people through their grief. And it's it was strange to me because, like, and then there's this weird moment where um, I think Captain America says to Black Widow... Yeah, like everyone's gone, but I saw some whales in the Hudson today. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, ugh, always looking on the bright side. And I was like, wait, also wait, 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 providing wait. justification for Thanos' theory of eliminating half of the people. I know, I was basically like, he's like, what? so I guess it was good for the planet. <laughs> I know, I was like, what does this mean? What else is different about the world that will reverse once everyone comes back? I know. I there's no it's not clear to me that what they are doing to reverse this is based purely on like an ethical responsibility and not just pure sentimentality nostalgia, yeah. and nostalgia. Yeah. And I don't know that that's wrong. It's just that they don't they don't just I mean if they had gone to a war and half of them died, presumably they're not saying they should be brought back. Yeah. It's just purely because they were eliminated in this way in that this they feel justifi- justified in, in doing this. But they don't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, get into it. You're right that, I mean, like, they, I think they make the rule for themselves that they're not allowed to bring those back who died in other fashions. Mm-hmm. But feasibly, like, logistically, they could. Yeah, they even, I mean, a, one character dies in a different way. Yeah. And immediately the question is posed of. Yeah. Um, wait, that is an endgame, right? Yeah, an endgame. Immediately the question is posed of like, let's do that. Like, yeah. let's reverse that. And they're like, no, obviously we can't. And you're like, why obviously? Yeah. They don't actually I know. continue that logic. So how do they move on from this? Like, you were like, oh, this is the end, but not really. Well, I only said it's not really just because there's so many other aspects of these franchises between yeah. uh, Disney and Sony um, at yeah. play, where you've got um, Spider-Man films mm-hmm. um, are still in the works. I think there's Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy, the third film, is in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it seems like somebody might be joining them. <laughs> oh, God. Um, there is also... Uh, I. I think there's potentially, and this is one of the more interesting questions, I think potentially a Black Widow film in the works. Um, So, yeah, I mean, just, and there's a few television series with Disney's new um, uh, streaming platform that they've developed Mm. um, in the works as well. So there's just, like, it's not like the end, the end, the end. It's the end of this long journey. Mm. I'm I'm now exploring like facets. See, because I have no knowledge of the Marvel universe outside of like these movies. Like mm. someone could be say, "Oh, that was an original comic," and I would be like, "Whoa, really?" Like <laughs> it just like I don't know how much of this comes from the comic books realm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just reading one now that's um, Morbius, 
is an upcoming American superhero film based on the Marvel comics. Um, biochemist tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but inadvertently affects himself with a form of vampirism instead. <laughs> Pat Day is going to be excited about Vampires that. and superheroes. It's the cash That's what's cow. coming next. We've and Black Widow. Needed. And Gambit. I don't know what that is. But yeah, they have to make more of um, these Spider-Man movies, which... Did you see the most recent with what's his name? I did not. No, I didn't either. And there's just, I mean, one of the things that also is kind of infinitely interesting with all of this is the different um, studios who have owned the property rights um, of the different characters and mm-hmm. how they have or have not interacted with the MCU um, has been interesting. Like the fact that it took Spider-Man so long to get enfolded into the series purely out of who owned <laughs> the character yeah. has been interesting. And but then they have to like really quickly cultivate an emotional attachment. Yeah, and they did. They worked really hard at yeah. that to make sure that, that we cared well about yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man and Iron Man and their relationship they to each other. Yeah, yeah. I think they did a Do good you want to uh, talk us out and I'll cue up a song? Oh, absolutely. Um, so this has been W O B C ninety one point. FM and will continue to be. Uh, we were at the Apollo watching Avengers Endgame. It is still playing there for the foreseeable future, so if you're interested, check it out. Thank you. Let's talk next week. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Someday, yeah, we'll put it together and we'll get it undone. Someday, when your head is much lighter. Things will be brighter